to What Is That Racist Thinking, the show where we delve into the most twisted minds on the planet just to get a sense of why they think what they think. That's right. We are the only show on broadcast television that platforms racists, baby. That's right. And today on the show, we got a real fucked up piece of shit for you. We got a uh, we got a notorious racist coming on. Uh, so without further ado, let's introduce him, Kevin Day. Everybody. <laughs> wow, what a, what an introduction! I, I really hope my friends and family are watching. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. you know, we introduced you to Saddam Hussein last week, and I, I think I doubled down on the idea of really just <laughs> destroying you. So, I mean, we, we got to delve into the minds of a racist. So what are you thinking? What What's going on in there? Well, I just hate people overall. You know, <laughs> I just I just find something new to hate about everybody. And it That's, doesn't matter what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm just down on everyone right now. That's really good. Um, I realized as you started talking that this is very dangerous territory to just be throwing you to to try and manage and maneuver. But hey, I mean, you know, that's that's just what we do on the show. I, I don't know why they greenlit it, but you know, what can you do? It's a strike. You got to do. You got to make your money where you can. But you know, we've had enough of the sick fuck. It's time to introduce the next two racists. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I got I got a couple guests for you. Guests that are, uh, how do we say? They're very near and dear to my heart. Uh, I see a fair amount of them. I don't know that I'd say I see a lot of them, but I see a pretty good amount of them. And, you know, they see a lot of each other. You know, um, none of this makes sense. This is not an introduction. Uh, from the hit podcast, no one can know about this, as well as... Uh, from the 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 writers strike the the front lines of the writers strike we got jeff ekman and ryan kazmiski in the house what's up hey hey it's great to be here yeah on, thanks for having us on this yeah. on this racist programming <laughs> so why do you hate various races <laughs> i just think it's like the 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 easiest way to project my own self-hatred without having to think too deeply about it Mm -hmm. it's an easy so that's, way that's to hang your hate exactly <laughs> you know we all you, you don't have to work that hate. hard to hate you know it's it's all there for you yeah it, it's very simple very easy um so i wanted to have you back on the podcast I, you were on the podcast before right i think one time before yeah mm -hmm. it was a, i wonder what when that was <laughs> we talked a little bit about your podcast i think right I think so. I mean, you don't fucking remember. I don't even remember. There's no, there's no way. Uh, Kevin, do you remember what we talked about? I think we talked no. about that. Yeah. So you guys do a podcast called No One Can Know About This. No One Can Know About This. And contrary to the title, you actually want people to know about it. It's uh, true. It's, it's true. <laughs> it's a podcast about Final Fantasy and human struggle and making food um it's it's really good and that's how i got to know you guys I, I listened to the podcast and then eventually we ended up as friends um so so yeah but i don't know do you want to just plug your podcast just a little bit off the top before we kind of sure. get into it because you are kind of coming in on a new season right now it's just starting. yeah right? season seven is just the gun yeah. airing or so, final fantasy nine season so we have a uh it's kind of it's been dubbed it's been called an audio only let's play 
where we like record ourselves hanging out for really long stretches of time playing through a whole Final Fantasy game. And then we go back and like do commentary over the recordings to describe all the visuals. And then and more importantly, what was going on in our heads. Um, yeah, making we fun of our it. past mindset. And yeah, it's uh, dumb mistakes we, we made. Yeah, the, the, the title comes from at the time we were at a stage in our lives when we should have been really like putting our nose to the grindstone to try to get ahead in our careers, but we like couldn't handle our video game addiction. So that was like the title was our deep shame about well, also, like, how are we spending all of our time. Yeah, the show was the- kind of a justification of how, <laughs> why <laughs> we play these games all the time. We should turn it into work. Yeah. and it became a thing where it is, it requires a huge amount of effort to edit the show. And so it is the hardest that I've ever worked to justify playing a video game. Yeah. And yeah. I feel fulfilled by it. But we I think we, to what you said yeah. earlier, we are starting the new season after a long hiatus. So mm-hmm. final fantasy nine is what we're doing this season. And how many seasons have you done so far? This is the seventh. The first we went um, in. We started in American release order of the Final Fantasy games. So we did Final Fantasy one, four, six, and seven, and then we went back and did Final Fantasy two, which was only released in Japan originally. And now, and then we did Final Fantasy eight, and now we are doing Final Fantasy nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I don't know. Uh, they say that you shouldn't make your hobby into work. Like you shouldn't monetize your <laughs> hobby. Uh, you feel like, I mean, obviously I think this has been a success for you. You enjoy it on some level and the support and stuff has been coming through to make you kind of validated on some level. But do you feel like, I don't know. Do you feel like it's real drudgery and killing your soul to kind of convert what is, you know, on some level, like a fun escape from, from, uh, reality into, you know, kind of your, I don't know if day job is the right word. Maybe it is, but, uh, you know, like, <laughs> effectively day job yeah, is so the right how do you word feel at about this it? point. Uh, Ryan, why don't you answer that? Cause like I get a lot out of making it so much so that the technical and <laughs> drudgery work that is a part of it is just like, I'm willing to take that on. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it did definitely change my relationship to video games, not in the way that most people would say about like when they turn something they love into their job, where like now I can't look at a video game anymore. Um, But like definitely specifically Final Fantasy eight. I can't look at it again. I I spent a year analyzing it. (laughs) Uh, But it's it's weird, like because we only play the game before we start editing the season. So that part is like all done uh beforehand and once we start editing i like can't stop playing other video games like i fall i get like really into gaming again in a way that like i hadn't been when we're just like recording or you know doing the show or writing our other projects um but editing this for some reason just puts me like i i love it yeah so i i want to delve into your uh checkered pasts but i I, we're getting a couple (laughs) questions in the uh question whole uh oh. charlie m is asking any plans to do final fantasy tactics that's my favorite of the series and i i have an answer to this but it's not about me answering questions that are directed <laughs> towards you we uh we played it and released it as an unedited playthrough on our patreon 
and we'd love to someday do a proper season of it that's well edited but um that may not be able to happen for quite some time yeah in all likelihood that that's not in the cards uh at least not in the coming years but if you <laughs> yeah. want to hear our reaction to it you can check out our patreon and just watch the whole thing it was a great I guess game i never really thought about that but so you've done unedited playthroughs does that mean technically and i'm not saying you should or will do this but does that mean technically you could just go through and do the the kind of editing treatment to turn it into like a standard series theoretically we could we've it is okay. about doing that like we have this unedited playthrough of final fantasy 16 that's going right now and maybe like 20 years from now we'll go back into that <laughs> and use and that turn audio. it into a real season but the... oh go on jeff no uh just uh, we don't it, it everything takes so long to make this show like the final fantasy nine season we played it between october and december of 2022 we're just now starting to air the season the season's gonna have like 70 episodes in it so this is the next year of our life editing this the unedited playthroughs we just do it once and put it right out there and so the difference is like huge yeah the the only trouble that i i can conceive of of using old recordings is that we wouldn't be able to remember or speak right. to our state of mind when yeah. we were playing it yeah. um and that's like where we get most of our our juice from that's yeah. where the good juice is it's not in the the details of final fantasy it's in it's in the details of our friendship yeah and we should say <laughs> one of the things excited about in this up in this season that we're start, just started airing is that for a number of the days of the recordings back in October and November, Spencer, you came over and yeah, you're a yeah. part of the show and we made like Thanksgiving and we recorded all of the Thanksgiving, which I think is going to be, I, I, it's a long ways off, but I cannot wait to be editing those episodes. Yeah. And, I think releasing those. We're going to deliver like a month of Thanksgiving and I bet that will have very little final fantasy in it. It will have some, but not as much as the non Thanksgiving ones. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how many episodes that's going to be. Like, maybe at most I'm going to be on like six or seven, you think? Uh, throughout that, seems... that day, because I think you came to two you came other days. another day, yeah. Oh, yeah. I only remember one other day, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. so that's very late. So, uh, you know, uh, if it's you don't want to listen to the podcast, <laughs> uh, wait until I'm on and I'll be all like, hey, check me out and only listen to those episodes. And it'll be a very yep. final Thanksgiving or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, you came yeah. once on the show before when we were doing that little bonus episodes choco betting where we recorded ourselves betting on chocobo races in Final Fantasy VII. And that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Final Fantasy VII. What a game. Great Final game. Fantasy, what a Eight. franchise. What, a, uh, what an dog. interesting franchise. Yeah, That's okay. I mean, the dog's going to do what a dog does, and that's just podcast texture. In, that's in, right. <laughs> it's, uh, what do you call it? Ugh, whatever. Trying to think of the word for music. Diegetic. It's diegetic yes, dog barking. Diegetic barking. All right. Got another question. Nikki Chuck wants to know Are you too good for FF3 Mystic Quest? Uh, no. Is, no, not at all. We're not we're not too good for anything, really. Um is Mystic Quest a different thing than just FF3? What's I don't the know. That's that's not something I'm familiar with. Maybe Nikki Chucky can enlighten I us. I thought Mystic Quest was the like, like Final franchise? Fantasy the adventure. Baby yeah, oh, like the yeah, easy yeah. one. Because we're definitely gonna do FF3. We just didn't want to do another NES game right now. So we moved mm -hmm. to nine. 
But yeah. uh, we also want to go back because those seasons can be as short as 12 episodes and we can do that in a much more reasonable amount of time. Yeah, the, the, later the games we've skipped over aren't because we're skipping them. It's because the order started out with some logic and then became just like whatever we felt like our souls could handle next. <laughs> yeah. Um, For a while, we would end the season and flip a coin to decide what was the game going to be next. Uh at this point, we basically just decided ourselves. Yeah. The, the original drive was like, we got to get to seven, but we have to play some other ones before that. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. We, we just wanted to like skip to seven. Can't just start there. <laughs> Nikki Chuck says, and Dr. Nut kind of reiterates that it, it's that it's the kids version. Remember, like the baby version of Final Fantasy? I mm -hmm. think it's that one. Um, right. So that's that's kind of a spin-off i've been pulling I, I i keep saying you guys gotta play uh bravely default because i think that at some point final fantasy games just go off the rails and stop being final fantasy games and uh -huh. when that happens bravely default is there to pick up the the standard with goofiness and dragoons that jump up in the air and all of this all of this but you know that's that's a whole other can of worms i mean yeah like you said it's going to be like 20 years and uh hopefully you know you'll have better things to do by that <laughs> like uh, you never know a family <laughs> you never but know i have, no I have clue. faith i have faith that i will be in a bad place and so maybe i can i can just start doing you know pick up where you left off <laughs> <laughs> we'll hand it off have it. like the yeah. olympic torch will pass you the show yeah, because I won't have anything going on. I won't have any family <laughs> or anything. So, and Jason will be dead, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be the only way to maintain my sanity. Um, Man, the next twenty so, years look great. <laughs> looking real, real bright. Yeah, I mean, I, you raise an interesting point. You, we might be uh, blessed to uh, not have a planet that long, you know, <laughs> or at least a human race uh, if we're lucky. Man. I think it would be great if just humans died off and then the rest of everything else kept going just because it's like that would be know. probably the best for the planet that would be <laughs> you know a better outcome than probably what we're heading towards i mean what we've already <laughs> headed towards what we've already <laughs> fucking done uh, you know i mean how many extinctions have there been in our lifetime yeah um, i don't want to know don't look that up it's hard um, to remain positive just today. just ruminate <laughs> on it at home and then channel that anger into just like blind rage at automobiles and, and then, then have that spend your day your life playing video so, games <laughs> so your blood pressure rises whenever you look out the window and then yeah and then decide that all you can do is play video games this is my advice to the world uh, i haven't figured out what to do i apologize to all of you we need some sort of like rage crystal that you could scream into and it like stores energy like i think that could be good you know, man, yeah, I would buy a few of those. If we could harness the rage, <laughs> can you send your really... rage back into the grid? Do you That's the, the hope. Yeah. That's I have the solar panels energy. and rage crystals. <laughs> <laughs> they pay me for for what I put back into the grid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would be cool. Uh, there needs to be just not like a whole world of magic, but there just needs to be a couple magic curios that just sock it into society. I think that would be good. Well, there's so much to rage at in the world, and it's such a powerful energy source that I am expending mm -hmm. just out into the nothing. No, science should do something it. about this. Yeah. Yeah. Get on it, science. Yeah. Why are we trying to test fake superconductors when we could be ra making like rage? Rage conductors. conductors. Yeah. yeah.
Rage Conductor sounds good. Uh, okay, so I want to delve into a little bit of biographical. I feel like I probably asked you these questions before, but whatever. Uh, so I'll, I'll go one at a time. But Ryan, what, when did you decide that like writing or even just doing creative stuff was something you wanted to pursue? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's like many, many uh, phases of this, but the earliest I can remember like wanting to be a writer was really young, probably like elementary school. Um, wow. like I, I was like a, a, a huge reader and a very like quiet, isolated kid with no friends really. So I just like read, 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 read. And, uh, and then we had this one class where we like in elementary school, we got to like make a book with like, they had like a binding machine, you know, you could make like a 15 page hard bound thing. Um, and at that point I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a writer. That's what I'm going to do someday. Um. And I never thought of anything better. And it, of course, like much later, probably when I was 18, uh, I like made some little movies with my friends and they made a lot of people laugh and that felt great. And that then I was like, I'm going to try to be a screenwriter. You know, that was the. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a scientist. And then when I was like around 18, me and my friends were like toying around with the idea of making movies, but we just never ended up doing it. I guess everybody, I don't think I was smoking. No, I was, I think we were just smoking pot instead, but we were, you know, when you smoke pot, you talk about all sorts of things that you're going to do and then don't <laughs> want to do. But, uh, yeah. So I just, I remember like there's these big fires that swept through our neighborhood and, uh, took out all like the grasslands and stuff. And it just looked like you were an apocalyptic wasteland, uh, around there. And we were like, we got to shoot something before like things grow back, but yeah. we never ended up doing anything like that. It was really cool though, just to hike around and, uh, you know get uh, lung damage or whatever but uh what about you jeff you were you were pretty early on too that you wanted to be like a writer or something right yeah i was always kind of interested in that stuff but um i remember kind of being 14 or 15 years old and you know your grandparents are always like what do you want to be when you grow up and all that and i kind of came to the conclusion that i wanted to try to help people or make people feel better and so i went kind of down two roads at once one was to become a doctor and the other was to become a comedian. And so I started doing stand-up when I was 15. And eventually Whoa. I became an EMT when I was 18. And I worked on an ambulance for a summer. And when I went to college, I kind of was at a liberal arts school where you could pick both tracks at once. And I just kind nice. of realized pretty quickly that I was fascinated by medicine, but in a way where I wanted to write about it more than actually do it myself. Mm -hmm. And writing was such a satisfying and interesting thing to do. And then I found out that uh, I could transfer to another college and there were classes called writing the sitcom being taught by former Seinfeld writers. And I was like, I gotta, gotta go if I can make this happen. And luckily I was lucky and privileged enough to be able to do that. And uh, also my older brother, he um, was a, director and got close working with um he was actually the film director for a comedy group called derek comedy that had a lot of success you heard of it in the early youtube days <laughs> um and we would drive up to my house in new hampshire it would be me and uh, the five members of derek comedy including my brother and his wife and we would shoot sketch comedy and they were kind of mentors to me for a long time uh as i went through college and 
did a lot of sketch comedy in college with a lot of really fantastic people and um, tried to make it happen as I graduated and wound up meeting Ryan and finding a really great collaborative partner. And uh, now we also work with you, which is really fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's real fun. You guys love it. I'm sure <laughs> we not, do. It's no really, really fun. I can't wait. The stuff we're working on, I, you know, we can't talk about it, but I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, we probably, whatever. Uh, well, I, you know, we brought up an interesting point, which is, uh, it made me think of the question. So is it true that DC Pearson's name comes from Derek comedy? No, his name is Donald Charles. Oh, I thought it was Derek comedy Pearson. <laughs> no, that's okay. hilarious. All right. No, no, I mean, the DC <laughs> goes before Derek. I think the name Derek came from, they were going to perform at UCB at this thing called cage match and they needed a name and they realized that all of their names start with the letter D and are also pretty generic. So it was Donald, Donald Charles, Dominic, Dan, and, uh, they, they chose Derek and sure. it stuck. Yeah. So, okay. So, so you were doing fucking stand up at 15 when, so where was your brother in that time frame were they doing stuff before you were doing stand-up and do you think he, that was an influence or no well uh he was definitely an influence and an inspiration because he was always wanting to make comedy and and film sure i think when i started stand-up he was a freshman or sophomore at nyu where he hooked up with the Derek comedy guys through this group there called Hammercats, and a lot of amazing writers and performers have come out of Hammercats. And he ended up making even like for a project, a school project, he made a documentary about me doing stand up in Boston because I didn't have a driver's license. So my mom had to like drive me down to these comedy clubs in Boston. Sure. Because uh, also there were no comedy clubs in New Hampshire. So I had to go down there. And uh, that's a fun yet embarrassing documentary to exist because I was 15 and my material was embarrassing. <laughs> Uh, but that exists and <clears throat> slowly I kind of followed him and eventually was a part of Hammercats myself, uh, as he graduated and started doing Derek comedy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, okay. So now I'm curious, what were you guys like in like middle school or high school? You know, like what, what were you I was doing? a little <laughs> shit. I was a, like just a mouthy problem for my teachers because I fancied myself as like a late night comedian who would, oh, you, know, you were like a class clown archetype, at least for a little while, uh, where I remember I really wanted for a while to become Conan O'Brien. And so I was like, I don't know, testing out comedy lines and classes and stuff. And it just was not something that I don't, I think the teachers appreciated. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Uh, I was in middle school, so I was like pretty quiet. I didn't like have any friends. I didn't talk to the teachers. I didn't really want to be, I didn't really want to be noticed at all. Um, but like, but you got yourself like kicked out of church. That, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I was perceived as like, uh, you know, I, I got kicked out of church in like, this was in high school in like ninth grade. Um, because the other, the other kids told them that they were worried I was going to come like shoot up the church or whatever. Cause I was, I mean, I was, I was a weirdo. Um, 
That was just but like also, a way people bullied kids though back then. Yeah, was they were uh, like, yeah. oh, that guy's gonna Post shoot Columbine. up a school. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I know there's people like that at my school that people said stuff about like that, and I was like, come on, man, like this is this is not. And I was always trying to be nice to those people. I, but I was also like an agent of chaos, you know, like I, I, by ninth grade, I realized like I had no friends and like adults were never going to like be nice to me or be on my side, really. So I would just like try to ruin church trips and it, like, you know, just like, um, you know, if we were staying at a hotel, I would just like take over like a conference room just like myself and like wheel a bunch of stuff in there and build a fort and just like make a huge mess uh you know That's sneak awesome. out at night and just try to wake up random guests through the window i can't like say why i did this i'm not saying this was good but i was just like totally well, you're, you're out of out. control yeah and acting out i suppose um but it's funny because that's actually, the hair of the authority you know uh, eventually that attitude was what led me to like film stuff with my friends because i would be like let's just like go out this summer and just like cause a bunch of havoc and film all of it um and they loved that they were very happy to have somebody who was saying that was a good thing to do uh, that when you were microwaving a can of beans yeah blowing up microwaves i think we have you know thousands upon thousands of hours of us ringing doorbells and running away uh just like that was like our main activity it, you know we would get like we we got to the point where we would love to get like giant refrigerator boxes like we would drive around looking for a box big enough to get under and then we would like cut the bottom out and go get somebody underneath it and sit them on the porch. And then someone would ring the doorbell and run away. And then they would stand up and like walk off out into the street as like, a, we just kept getting <laughs> more elaborate, but I spent like more head, like, head. Uh, yeah. We had one that heads. never worked. Like we'd like arrange cookies, like Oreos from one door to like another door down the street, across the street, <laughs> hoping that they would like follow the trails and like meet up in the middle. I don't know. We were obsessed with this for some reason. That's what I was like in high school. I was probably pretty Social annoying. engineering. Yeah. I feel like that's that's pretty hardcore, but I feel like I was more in that camp. I, I hung out with a bunch of like, I don't know, you know, like the freaks of the freaks and geeks or whatever, you know, like that was definitely my crowd. And we would do like, I don't know, we would try and do like anarchist cookbook sort of shit. Like mm -hmm. I remember we put, uh, what do you call it? Two stroke gasoline, you know, for like dirt bikes into like super soakers and try and like mount candles on them to make like <laughs> flamethrowers and stuff. Damn. And, and we, it turns out, and we didn't explode or die, but it turns out that uh, pressurizing <laughs> gasoline <laughs> is not a safe idea. Wow. You do not want to put gasoline under under pressure. Uh uh, you know, and, and even even two stoke or two stroke or whatever. Um but man. Okay, so what, I never when, blew when, anything up, but I mm -hmm. do remember when we would go and shoot the uh the Derek comedy sketches, we had these extremely realistic and illegal looking guns. And sometimes <laughs> for a joke, like we had this like assault rifle looking one that was fake. It was airsoft, but it looked sure, so yeah. real. And we were shooting a sketch once. And I remember one of the guys was like, just like pointing it around. We were on a rooftop. We had, he was like pointing it around <laughs> to houses. We were like, dude, stop, stop doing that right now. Like this isn't a funny yeah. bit. We're not, <laughs> we're not in an isolated area. Like somebody's going to call the cops for sure. <laughs> I mean, 15 years later, it's kind of a funny bit. <laughs> yeah. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
<laughs> but but yeah no that's that's horrifying i was i was always the, the the what do you call it the breaks i was always the i don't know if we should be doing this kind of guy yeah. you know uh which was i'm sure great which i i used to think was because i was smart and i was like smarter than everyone else but i've come to realize that it was actually just me uh being anxious in general <laughs> and it had no <laughs> bearing on my uh lack of a presence of intelligence um but okay so yeah right so you did of a, a, like a student film I, is that the, the right word for it like in college right uh, you, you took like a film writing class so in high school we had like a film festival at my school for some reason that like nobody ever entered so we won it two years in a oh. row with like just like little you know we made like a mockumentary about making a movie um and that and then that was like the first film thing that i did mm-hmm. actually you you wrote a um, feature that got made right yeah wasn't that like in yeah college or something yeah yeah but after that yeah in high school i went i went to like a summer program uh at usc for, it was like a summer camp uh after i did that um and like learned a little bit more about the basics of screenwriting but really what i got out of it was a letter of recommendation that helped me get into the writing program at usc after i graduated from one of the the camp professors or whatever um and yeah and uh did that answer your question i forgot where i was going well Uh, just like all together now like yeah you like wrote like a movie right and after college i i co-wrote this oh, film called college. uh all together now yeah that's like an indie hangout movie i you know um link later vibes link later vibes that's what we were aiming for for sure yeah how did that, that was, what how did that come together like what even I, that's so interesting to me that you like just did that you know um so one of my good friends this guy uh alex marecki who's a talented writer and director um he was he was graduating too from the production track at usc and he wanted to make an indie film uh and he asked me to help him write it it was really that simple uh he he funded it himself um and i got paid two thousand bucks when it was all produced (laughs) like well after it was done but like it was pretty sweet like we we just wrote the thing and we had like a couple of other friends um leah fong uh who's who's now his wife was like working for um oh man i can't i'm blanking on his name this is terrible but this this producer (laughs) um and uh he was it was basically like our little network at usc worked out in a way where our friends at entry-level production jobs like got us executive producers with bigger names than we had that they were working for and so they helped us get casting like james duvall who was uh the son of the alcoholic in independence day um (laughs) randy quaid randy quaid's kid um we you know uh lou taylor poochie i'm on the spot i like can't remember even who was in this (laughs) movie this was in like 2011 uh no but it's like so so you were writing it but it was the other person's idea do you feel like they were it was more oh of their we, we kind came of up with and... it together like he right, had like okay. a vague sort of thematic premise of uh, things he wanted to explore and like a setting like he was like i mm-hmm. want to do it at like a party um like a like a overnight 
um, concert party. Cause that was also similar to like a, a lot of just environments we had been in for the past four years, um, being yeah. in college. Um, and he had like ideas about how he wanted like, you know, the center of the party, everyone to be more sane. And as you go into the darkness, people are crazier. And it was this kind of like idea of, um, social dynamics based on proximity to the center of a party or, or something like that. But we, we started it's really a, a cool. Place There's a lot like of really that, cool footage that vague and just came up with like a bunch of characters and just, we met together every day, much like Jeff and I do. And we would just like, I would go over to his place and we would just like hammer out like new pages. And after, I don't know, it probably took us a year to write it. Um, mm. And then yeah, then they just started producing it. It was awesome to get to be a part of that because I really didn't have to do much work. They did all of all of the casting and production and directing everything else. I just got to like hang out. So you were just there, but you didn't have responsibilities once it was actually in production. You were like, yeah, watching I was, and- yeah, I just was like, yeah, I just got to like watch this crazy thing happen where people were like saying the words I, I had written. <laughs> yeah. And I can remember thinking because I was like, I think it was like 21 when we started writing it. Um, by the time it like came out, I was like, wow, I did not have enough life experience to nail that. Like I can remember <laughs> like feeling like I had grown up so much in the year or two after I wrote it that sure. I just, that like put a damper on my writing for a while. Cause I was like, I should probably just like live my, <laughs> live my life. I do yeah. remember as a writer in that era, I was like, and I, I remember thinking to myself, if this is always the case, that's a good thing uh, that I would look back at something I wrote three months earlier and be like, who the hell, what idiot wrote that? And mm-hmm. it means that you're progressing as a writer, but sometimes it means that like you're looking back at something that's now being produced and you're like, shit, <laughs> I would do that yeah. differently. And I better. feel that way about like everything I've done pretty much, except for the podcast. Yeah, except for I, No Cat, where I look back and I'm like, how did we do that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I forgot that we were that good in that moment. I'm like, wow. Yeah, I, I feel that way about the Facebook posts that Facebook tells me to remember from 10 years ago. <laughs> God. Like, they're like, oh, 10 years ago on this day, you wrote like, man, why is ham so salty? Or that, That's actually way better, honestly, than anything I did write. Um, but uh, it was just like, I just like look at this stuff and I just, uh, I mean, maybe maybe I can actually pull something up. It's like 10 years ago, you were very angry and isolated and you told everyone about it. Yeah, here, I mean, this here, is the same thing with that with that documentary my brother made about my stand up where I was like my 15 year old. I had a I had a bit where I compared battery sizes to bra sizes and because the A's and the B's and the, you know, and sure. they aren't solid batteries, material. But, you know, it, that's the thing. It was uh, I hadn't really touched a boob. And there is no problem with creative work. You're always, always progressing or you feel you are at least and changing. And then you look back at some crystallization of some shittier version of you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And And you're horrified. I'm trying to think of like an area where like, and you know, guys always like, Oh, they go wild for nine volts. Yeah, that's that's better than anything that I had. I think my big punchline was you never have the the size that you're looking for. Or something you sure. know like you're trying to find yeah it doesn't batteries. really make sense it d- yeah you know when you're dating like a girl with these big boobs and then you're like ah, but now i'm looking for small well, they don't fit more. in the remote <laughs> these ones don't fit in the remote these boobs don't 
And that's oh, not like boy. crystallized in that documentary that, you know, admittedly nobody, well, we put it on our Patreon. So it's crystallized, it. crystallized here again. Yes. Sure. Uh, through description. Yeah. And I, I feel like that too, just in the sense of like, I don't, I don't feel like I've lived enough to like be a writer, not because I'm like not old, but just because like, I'm so sheltered if that makes sense like i just kind of stay at home and do the same things that i've been doing since i was like 16. you know i haven't done like a lot of the big life things that a lot of people do i mean i've done a lot of stuff don't get me wrong but a lot of the stuff that i've done is actually like weird niche hollywood stuff the kind of things that executives and and suits don't want to do you know right I think a lot of people pitch it was kind of a miracle that 30 rock got like made because that's the kind of show that people pitch all the time and they're like no come on like you you, you don't write about it. like the 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 flyover states don't care about this or whatever mm-hmm. yeah well for me because i i think about that a lot too because there is some truth to like you can only write what you know or you should write what you know um, and so everyone is kind of, in my opinion, limited by their own life experience. But I think the the bigger hurdle, at least in terms of what we're talking about now of looking at your past work is like, I feel like I'm finally at a stage in my life where I can be certain whether I want to say something or not. Um, whereas back yeah. then I might have just said something or written something just because it, it, it might work or maybe it, or it sounds like a thing that a reaction. Before. And then then that's where I get that feeling of looking back at it and going like, oh, I don't believe that. Like, I don't like that's not the me I want to put out there. So I feel like it gets easier to be just like confident in your voice as you as you get older. But that that certainly doesn't mean that I could just go. I don't have a family either. And I, I couldn't go write like, um, you know, I probably couldn't even write like a vacation story of like Vegas vacation, you know, like going somewhere with your family. Well, it's also like what I have I think inside of me. I think yeah. about our our lack of wide perspectives because like the three of us write together and I think we have similar life experiences when taken from humanity's perspective and it's like if our if we ever got a show picked up I would definitely want to fill the writing staff with people who are completely different than the three of us. Yeah, sure. you got to lean on others who have white experiences. Nerds. And yeah, like we want to have more variety of characters than straight white nerds. And that perspective, it's like, I I have empathy so I could put myself in somebody else's shoes. But like, if you're really writing about an experience and you don't have that experience, there's so much detail that you're going to wind up accidentally stepping on in a wrong way or just not getting to the actual emotional truth of it. Yeah, the best you can do is a lot of research, but that works better on things like ship terminology and, right. you know, and less in, in terms of like very human kind of experiences stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to switch gears just a little bit and ask Kevin a couple questions. Kevin, Uh-oh, have you okay. let the maintenance guy in yet? No, <laughs> not yet. I'm just waiting for him to knock on the door. Okay. And I'm seeing on your screen. It's like a, it looks like a billboard. Is that a billboard or is it like a reflection of the TV or something behind you? No, that's like a digital, big, huge sign thing. Yeah. And, it, and is it, I guess they have the blackout curtain. So it's probably pretty easy to like shut that off when you're kind of, sleep. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all I got for Kevin. Um, so we, we sometimes, you know, like to guess what Kevin's deal is. You guys might know a little bit more about Kevin's deal, but I, I think we might want to play that game. I don't think we have the theme song today, right, Kevin? 
Um, I can get it. Hold on one. No, second. I mean we don't. Okay, okay. I'll yeah. fill. Oh, but actually, you know, well, well. <laughs> That's right, folks. We got to take a quick break. So that's the break music. We'll be back with more. What was that racist thinking or whatever the fuck I said the, the show was as the joke? The best uh, thing about summer is getting to do all your favorite indoor things, uh, all your favorite indoor things outside, like sharing meals and accidentally falling asleep on the sofa. Article's curated catalog of outdoor furniture is here to help you do all your favorite things this summer. They've got everything you need from outdoor sofas to dining sets to decor. Their team of designers is all about finding the perfect balance between style, quality, and price, and they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. You just pick the delivery time, and they'll send you updates every step of the way i have a beautiful article outdoor dining set it's got this heavy wood three-piece picnic table kind of thing and it is robust it is quality article is offering our listeners fifty dollars off their first purchase of a hundred dollars more to claim go to article.com slash goblin flakes and the discount will automatically be applied at checkout that's article.com slash goblin flakes for fifty dollars off your first purchase of a hundred dollars or more all right that's and we're back kevin can you hit the song again yes hold on what's kevin's deal and i'm sure it's going to be delayed so that doesn't work uh but hey it's time to play the game what's kevin's deal the game where we ask kevin a leading question and he generally is very generous about trying to make the question uh like trying to make the answer right but a lot of times it's not very close uh so uh, I usually go first to kind of give the guests an idea of what they should be doing. And so today I will. Kevin, are you a hired hitman that uses your uh, mild mannered, you know, aura persona to get away with grisly, gruesome murders? And are you in the midst of a job right now? I wish my life was that exciting, but no, I, I don't I don't have it in me to hurt people like that. I, I, writing down kevin wishes yeah. he could kill people okay <laughs> good to know uh all right what about who who wants to go second I've, ryan I've or one. jeff okay jeff kevin your deal is that you like annoying people through being in a hotel room at 6 p.m and making a reasonable amount of noise when I heard that last week, I was like, what the fuck? That is crazy that they knocked on your door. I was like, could you keep it down? And you were like, you couldn't have been loud. Like, it's impossible. I, no. I, I'm still stunned by that. No, and it's not like that someone from next door came over. They called the hotel and someone from like the lobby came up. What? To come yell at me to keep it down. What? That's so yeah. crazy. So I, I don't, maybe they it was the wrong room they thought it was something else yeah, i have no that idea makes more sense like it could have been someone anywhere who just thought they were on the different floor or something you know it could even been. making a complaint at that hour it, like the daylight well, i mean <laughs> it's Vegas. sort of in their defense though too when i opened the door and they, they said can i come in and i'm like okay like i had can i come in <laughs> yeah well they no you can't come in without anybody the... else here so okay. i'm like yeah sure come That's on in so weird but like I had like rearranged the whole hotel room to have like lights aimed at me and like I moved a table around and put all these computer <laughs> screens on and stuff like this. So it looked like I was up to something. I don't think yeah, they really could tell what I was doing. But it, it would have looked look like you were making a ton of noise for sure. Like that You were like, up to something. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, that, oh. enough weird stuff was going on that I think they were like, yeah, he probably was making some weird noises a little while ago. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, guessing. maybe you were dragging furniture was making a lot of noise or something. It just took them well, a that long was time like, to follow up. Four hours earlier, though. Like, I did that before I started any stuff for that day. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just bad for someone. I think we're all baffled. I, I think we should play a game of what's the deal with the person who complained about Kevin. That's what someone on the Reddit said. I really uh, should have gone and I want to know figured out who yeah. it was. <laughs> Man, it's uh, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Uh, what about you, Ryan? You got okay. You so, for Kevin. so getting deeper to the the center of Kevin, do you do you uh, do you open your heart to the the feelings of of guilt for your hand in the climate crisis, or do you close the door and keep that outside and say I didn't do this? No, I have a, I have a lot of guilt about stuff like that. You Me know, too. I, I try to make things right where I can, but like you know, my job involves a lot of air travel and stuff like that, which I know is kind of terrible for the planet and things like that so i i try to balance it out where i can but yeah no that that is something i i think about like i don't lose sleep over it but i, I i'm conscious of it kevin's and on kevin, the right track he does own a ocean heating business <laughs> <laughs> and a cruise ship of my own yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you oh. only take it out like on weekends <laughs> just just you know uh, yeah go, go pick up groceries stuff like that you know, fire that bad I guess like a super yacht doesn't even approach the size of a cruise ship, huh? We should start like daring rich people into getting cruise ships instead of super yachts. I think that could be a fun thing to do. <laughs> do you think they can be gaslit into it? I think so. But the thing is, I think it would be so non-functional that if you get even one person to buy one, I think it would be really funny for them to have a really bad time trying to enjoy it. You a know? rich guy walking around a cruise ship going, and I barely even use this. Ball. I'm trying to imagine how you would decide like where to hang out on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, I'm tired of walking. I barely this even this spot we're in is just where we're going to be for the next two days. <laughs> I like sleeping in a different stateroom every night. Yeah. It would be nice. I, I mean, I who hasn't fantasized about just having like a whole hotel that's just they can have any room, they can have any spot. It's all theirs. I, I do know a few people that have more money they know what to do with. And one of the like I don't know anyone that's actually done this yet, but one of the latest things with the people in that category is that you can actually buy a private rail car and pay Amtrak to take you wherever you want to go. Like you can what? deck out your own hundred year old wooden thing with your own state rooms and own staff That's and everything. Fucking and awesome. That is amazing. The, they'll attach it to the back of, of whatever train to one to wherever you want. They'll take you anywhere. And it's actually I gotta get not the, that expensive. I got to get well, the train from the wild, wild west, uh, the, the wild, wild west train where you can like, <laughs> you know, everything is levers and pulleys and get knocked around and stuff. And I'm going to just live on a train. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. How much is it, Kevin? I mean, when I last looked into it, the the buying the car itself is the most expensive part, and that's anywhere from like a hundred to four hundred thousand dollars. But okay. then they charge uh, like that's... attachment fees, right? And you have, you have to pay to store it, and then you have to pay to have it brought out and attached to a train, and then you you pay by the mile to where you want to go and stuff like that. But like if you're the type of person that's like paying for like your own private jet or something, this is, you know a fraction of that cost yeah. is this a if lucrative business for think, amtrak like are they making no a they lot don't want to do it from what i can gather it's it's one of those things like the government like when they consolidated all the private railroads and, <laughs> and just amtrak a few of them offered this service so amtrak had to keep offering it and they they really don't want to 
but but they oh, do. Oh man, I wonder if you could like if you had the train car, do you think you could make enough on a YouTube channel about living on a train to fund all of the connection fees? <laughs> just yeah. like keep yeah. it going. I, mean, there is, <laughs> I don't think YouTube's paying out that much. Hundreds I'm, of thousands. Like, I'm just I don't you know Mr. I gotta Beast could I need a it. plan somehow. I gotta start somewhere. I'm just thinking out loud here. And since we're getting to Kevin's deal, he might know. He seems to know more about this trains than I do. Well, there actually is in Chicago a private one left private uh, subway car that some people collectively own as a group. And once a day, if you're part of this club, you can join it and have your own private little uh, subway car to go from whatever suburb it goes to into downtown Chicago. And drink alcohol and do whatever you want and then you know it just looks like a regular old subway car though it doesn't look anything fancy other than the inside's nicer but from the outside it just looks normal but it's, but it's Kevin, yours yeah exactly <laughs> i mean and it's underground too that's yeah. even cooler you know but kevin actually knows people that are so rich they can afford to have dunston check in <laughs> that movie i don't rocks. know what that means i don't know what that means <laughs> Well, it means that they're able to afford a hotel that is about to be destroyed. It, it means they're that seems reasonable. able to afford a pair of orangutans they have trained to steal jewels. That's right. I think, I think, yeah, that would be a good investment. Kevin, think about that. Uh, you know, especially when you're traveling so much, you know, you just get another. You could fleece this hotel. Yeah, they can yeah. comp you for a week and you could you could leave with all of the jewels. <laughs> that train car that a group of people owns is so crazy. It's like, why don't we timeshare public transit? Yeah. Which why is not? like we already all own it as the public. You see? I just, yeah. I it, it was honestly imagining. it was a bunch of businessmen who wanted to drink martinis on their way home from work is what <laughs> yeah. started this yeah. whole thing. Makes sense, I guess. Yeah. I just am uh, now thinking about like frequent flyer miles and hotel points and stuff. And like, what if you try to check Denston in using like hotel points? <laughs> and they're like, you cannot. <laughs> only humans. Uh, they should have done know. a sequel where Dunstan checked in for his flight. Oh my God. And you know, he's platinum status. He's golden medallion stamina or diamond medallion status. He's hanging out in the elite lounges, causing all sorts of havoc. He's checking out the the nice buffets that the are in spas. Those. I mean, they're not that nice. Yeah, man, Can't you know the bathroom sequence. The bathrooms oh. in the fucking like uh, airport lounges are pretty crazy. I mean, sometimes there's showers and stuff. It's it's wild. Yeah, I don't know that I'd want myself to be that vulnerable in an airport kind of situation. You know, it's like what if shit goes down? You know, shit's always going down. In airports. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so. You know what doesn't go down in airports is soda. Um, oh boy, that's right, folks. We got we got soda. I should have told you about this, Kevin. I don't know if it would have been a hassle for you to track down, but uh, uh, Kevin looked like he's going for the music. Are you going for the music, yeah. Kevin? I think like the lyrics of that are something like, well, let's have ourselves a nice drink. I, I, I have to get the rhythm right. I don't know. What it is. And, then, and then we'll tell you folks just what we think or something like that. I'm sure there's a way. Will we it. want to pour it down the sink? <laughs> That's it's right. Time folks. To have a drink. It really is. And it's time to squirt because we got Ruby red squirt 
since 1938 it says thirst quencher citrus and berry soda naturally flavored uh apparently and i didn't i knew this about mountain dew but uh, apparently squirt had this problem too where it used to be made with brominated vegetable oil or something like that which is not what you want uh i guess it's bad for you i don't know but uh they don't do that anymore now they use ester gum which what the fuck is ester gum like what there's so many gums and like food stuff but it's like what does that mean they're probably just like a fucking molecule right you know uh I think it makes it really sour. I think they, mm. they, that's why they have it in Mountain Dew and, and Squirt is because it's intensely sour flavor. How is it different from Xanthan gum? Well, that's the thing. It's like you think of these things as gum, like chewing gum or something sticky and gummy, but it's in oh, a this fucking is liquid. Caffeinated? I didn't think yeah. Squirt was caffeinated. I didn't know I wonder, that. Is normal Squirt caffeinated? 65 mg per 20 fluid ounces. Kevin, can you check up if uh, check out if, if normal Squirt is ca- caffeinated? Yeah, because I think of it more like uh, Fresca or Sprite, mm-hmm. which are and both I, not. I, in no, like I drink. Wait, what, Kevin? Uh, Squirt is caffeine free. Okay, so Just what the hell sure. is this so doing? Weird. Well, this is so look, weird. This is the new that is a shock. Addictive Squirt. <laughs> yeah, but they don't. I mean, they don't like tell you that really, uh, except for in the fine print where it says caffeine's involved. But like, it's not like Squirt with caffeine. I don't know if this is legal in Europe because in Canada, <laughs> in Canada they'd have some weird law about putting caffeine in, in sodas that aren't like uh, brown, dark brown fl- uh, colored for some reason. It's oh. like for a while they had to have like Mountain Dew without caffeine and then like Mountain Dew Sport or something, which was like classified as an <laughs> energy drink or a sports drink. And that's how they could get around it or something. But it's weird. I mean, maybe it's like the flavor profile because, you know, caffeine's pretty bitter. And I think of, of uh, uh, yeah, I was just going to say that I used to drink a lot of squirt like in the evening. Like if it's late, I usually don't like drinking a bunch of caffeine. So I would do squirt or a Sprite or a uh, cactus cooler. So well, you but can't do that says, with this. Yeah, you can't do that with this. That's good to know. Uh, it does have red dye number 40. So, <laughs> but I, I think I've, we've heard that it's actually not as bad for you as, as people used to think. It's not that it's not bad. It's just less bad or something. Kevin writes, Xanthan gum and ester gum serve different functions and various applications. Did you ask the fucking AI this, Kevin? <laughs> God damn it. Xanthan gum is a complex sugar produced. It's a, it's a fermented sugar produced by bacteria. Ester gum is derived from the resin of pine trees. Mm, that sounds good. Does Xanthan it give it that is- like dry coating on your mouth? Is that what I it does think then? that might be part of it. Because, you know, when you think of like a really sour flavor, usually I would say there's these dry notes to it, you know, mm-hmm. and definitely like uh, like a citrus fruit oils have that quality, too. Um, so, yeah, that's that's very interesting. But looks like this has you- grapefruit juice concentrate in it. Well, yeah, yeah was is a grapefruity is a grapefruit flavor. soda. Okay. Yeah. yeah ruby red yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And uh, I would say it does taste like ruby red grapefruit as opposed to like a normal grapefruit. What are you going to say, Ryan? Oh, I was just going to say I'm excited because squirt was like my first favorite soda growing up. My grandparents always had it at their house. Yeah. Squirt is like a classic old people soda. I think my dad used to really like squirt mm-hmm. and he used to eat grapefruits a lot, but yeah, let's, let's crack this open. Who wants to take the first drink? And I'm again, I'm sorry, Kevin. Uh, I should have told you about this, but Hey, that's okay. I like, leaving hey, Kevin is it out bad that, uh, the squirt that you gave me earlier today? Um, the top was already popped. 
Yeah, I'd say that's bad. Have you, <laughs> you been some of tampering with this? No. Have you? I'll tell you. <laughs> you know what's uh what's potentially as bad or worse is that I'm looking at the squirt and I'm seeing dark residue that looks like dried syrup or something on this cap, which that's not good. suggests that you know some some sodas leaked out and then dried for a time which that's not what you want mine looks completely fine i'm gonna that's try good that. i'm gonna try i'm gonna after the show i can come and try jeff's too just out of curiosity <laughs> <laughs> well i must have separated from the the perforation um yeah what do you think jeff well you, you tasted some right you know it's quite good it's it's like it's not offensive it's it's mm-hmm a grapefruit flavored soda and i could see it being actually very thirst quenching mm. and not too syrupy yeah it's actually kind of mm. nice how light it is what about you ryan um i'll tell you this it's nice i like it i think i like original squirt more because this has is this is sweeter um mm-hmm. it's definitely sweeter it's got more calories too how far is this from code red it, i haven't had code red it reminds forever. me of it's like a uh, fruit punch flavor but with yeah. like a squirt quality yeah it's got that squirt bite but the main flavor note is like fruit punch like i'd say code red tastes a lot more like mountain dew which is i'd say a more orangey lemon than a, mm-hmm. than a grapefruit i'll say for me mine definitely has this top note that tastes bitter and weird and different than the other ones I've tasted. <laughs> so I really that might think be this your dark uh, residue is something. It's not like nothing. It's like it's I, doing something it's in a way like that you, I'm not comfortable with. You get that bitter first squirt note, but then it doesn't come down into the grapefruit. It just kind of mm-hmm. fizzles and then you just taste fruit punch. Yeah, the fruit punch flavor is really there, which I, I love think fruit it's, punch. I think it's good. I, I think the fruit punch does actually get it towards like ruby red, which like I, like grapefruits taste pretty similar, but ruby red grapefruit I think does have a bit more of like this fruity sweetness sweeter. to it. Yeah, um, but I wonder if that like, a bitter top note is the the caffeine because you know caffeine is like a pretty classic bitter flavor. I think it's really good. The more I drink of it, I do think yeah. I like original squirt a little more. But I think to truly test it, I'd have to drink this out of a can. I'm used to I feeling like a at. soda like this is like yeah, super syrupy and like saccharin and extra sugary. And this just like still could be refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely refreshing. It makes me want to go back and try Fresco, which I used to drink Fresca at. I used to be an Academica, uh academic decathlon for all you fucking idiots out there. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> and don't you worry because I too am a fucking idiot because I quit Academica because in our test class and our test uh test tests practice tests. There we go. In our practice tests, I scored way worse than everyone else. And they're like, you just got to study more. And I was like, I do not think I will do that. <laughs> I think I will not do that. It's easy. Um, just spend your yeah. time study. Well, that's the thing. You know, I was always like one of those, I don't know, you know, I was the kind of guy who just got everything first try. And so I was basically just skating without ever having to learn how to do studying and research and stuff. And I just never did. Anytime I would try to really buckle down and study, it just would not help at all. And basically, Academica was uh, 
like weaponized studying that was just like it was just it was just studying competitively and that was the whole thing it's like every year they'd get different textbooks and the whole thing was based off of those textbooks so it was just like how good you could study this material it wasn't really about like any specific understanding and uh i think i've come to realize that that was just having really bad adhd um so i just like couldn't actually focus on studying but I just was managed to like get good grades, uh, you know, all through high school at least, uh, without having to because I'm such a fucking genius. And you drank uh, a lot of Fresca doing that. Yeah, they had tons and tons of snacks. Like, and Fresca was like the 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 soda they had because most of it was like water and like soy chocolate milk and like uh, <laughs> seltzer water and stuff and i always hated seltzer water and fresco is almost a lot like seltzer water because it's diet but yeah it's good but you can definitely body. tell it's diet that was what i was going to say about fresco like you, yeah. there's some flavor to it where you're like this is definitely a healthy soda i can't yeah, stand like this stuff sugar. i i really think it tastes terrible mm -hmm. well so that's my fuck Akadeka, you know. So it doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter that Fresca is bad because we don't ever have to drink it anymore. No one can ever hurt you, man. I don't know. The thing is, like, I had the bad test results, and then like I just felt really bad, and then like the people were like, the other members of the team were like trying to make me feel better, but it was like it, the way they were doing it was it just made me feel way worse and it's just like I, I, look this is the first set of practice tests i did really bad okay i mean this is this is science we just learned that this is new data <laughs> let's take this data and start working with it let's not everybody recite the data like i know it was bad it was a good uh, you could say, oh, it's not your fault. You just have to study more or whatever the fuck. It's just like everybody kept, it felt like there was this big group hug situation. So like, <laughs> I like literally started crying and then I like ran out of the classroom <laughs> and then never came back. And, uh, and that teacher was like a very, like our school, our, our, our Moore Park high school was like at the time, pretty winning in terms of the Akaduka. We had like a pretty good record. And that teacher was like the most winning like academic coach for our school too and he encouraged me to join uh because he was like wow spencer's such a genius or whatever and when i quit or whatever he never looked at me ever again <laughs> and it's like oh, i mean you're like a 70 year old man i don't think i don't know that you should take this so personally you know like it was just like but it really uh to me uh what do you call it validated my decision it's like well clearly this is not a good environment <laughs> to be around especially senior year when everyone's fucking around and stuff it's like i don't want to be fucking like studying more than everyone else in the entire school for something that fundamentally doesn't matter except for like on a college application or something which i didn't even like go to a real college i went to fucking uh community college or whatever the hell so fuck mr jones I'm pretty sure he's dead now. So who's the real winner? You, know? <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look at me. Um, no, I mean, I'm sure he's whatever. I'd rather be a teacher than uh, where I am right now. I'll tell you that much, but Hey, whatever. Um, it's time to read an email. You guys. All right. Is that okay with you guys? I would love to. I want to hear it. Okay. Brian writes, hi, Spencer and Kevin. 
I mean, it's very rude of you not to include Ryan and Jeff on this. <laughs> um, it seems like you read all your emails, so hopefully you see this. I'll try to be brief, but basically, I just wanted to say thank you for making the podcast and continue it even when it failed. In quotes, that's something I said that they're quoting, uh, not them telling me their podcast is a failure, <laughs> uh, because it means a lot to me, and I'm certain it's important to the lives of many others too. I'd also like to say that I understand your insecurities about the show and yourself. Uh, it's your openness in discussing these things that make me appreciate the show so much. But I want you to know that people who love the show don't need it to be something or have a specific purpose or premise or anything like that. I personally tune in just because I like hearing what you and Kevin had to say about all kinds of things. I love when you go into your personal feelings and traumas and worldview, explaining the work of you. This is a long email. Um, I often feel the same way as you. This is a recurring theme, and it makes me feel more understood and less alone. I like I enjoy your rants. Blah blah. blah. My point is, well, this is a bad podcast. What am I doing? And no one wants to miss into 60 minutes of this. Those are actually my favorite episodes. Even on Harmontown, Dan would think that Dan would think that episodes where he got really deep or introspective or not what fans wanted to hear, but they were my favorite ones. I always enjoyed the insights. <sighs> Keep doing what you're doing as long as it makes you happy. If it doesn't serve your happiness, I understand. But if you're worried about what the show needs to be, please don't be. When was this written? This motherfucker. Can I second everything that that email says? Because I listen every week and that's exactly how I feel. It's a very relatable and you articulate a lot of the struggles that I experience pretty well and they're similar. And uh, well, I really appreciate the show because of that. Allow me to second my uh, response to this person's when I say, hey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> my whole complaint is that not that like, oh, the show's bad because it doesn't have a format. No, my complaint is that I hate myself and I want to die and doing the podcast amplifies those feelings. And part of where those feelings come from is not knowing what my purpose is and the purpose of the show is and how to execute those things. And so it's not a matter of how the product comes off necessarily. It's more a matter of how it slots into my life and makes me feel terrible. And the thing is, other people enjoying it doesn't change that because it's a very internal process that's happening and it is fucked up. So everybody who likes me, you're wrong. Uh, you're all pieces of shit. I hope you all go away. Um, so yeah, no, but seriously, Brian, thank you for the email and thank you, Jeff, for your, for your kind words. Um, but also this guy says, I'm trying to find out when Spencer talks about cults of personality being similar to actual cults. Uh, I'd love to send them the time code. I don't fucking know. Um, I thought he was looking. If you want to look at, if you want to look at something like this, you want to look at what do we call it? Episode fifteen of Navigating Narcissism. What is a cult with Doctor Janjil Lalich? I think anything I said was kind of uh, deriving from there. I don't know. I, and I don't remember what episode I talked about anything. And I, But maybe someone on the Reddit can. That's something that people on the Reddit would do. But uh, thank you. Uh, I don't know. I could do one more email or we could talk to you guys for a couple more minutes. What, what do you guys want to do? I mean, did you want to talk about how FF16 kind of uh, is a real disappointment to us? <laughs> yeah, but we really don't have enough time. We no, we don't have time to get into that. <laughs> we should have gotten. I don't want to. We don't have nearly yeah. enough time to get into that. At one point, I was thinking to myself because I just wanted to say, like, I don't want to yuck anybody's yum who's enjoying FF sixteen. But my yum was fully yucked by the game itself, and that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I my don't... my comment towards the discourse is like, uh, 
stop harshing my vibe of hating this game yeah, yeah exactly that's its own <laughs> mellow that can be harshed i want to say that i don't want to make i don't want to like say something that makes something someone not like the thing and resent right. it but what i do want is for them naturally to come to that conclusion <laughs> that it's bad because yeah. it's really bad it's impossibly Just bad give them time and yeah, when people I think talk about times. what they like they say things that are describing a bad game and it's yep. like i always say like it's fine to like hot dogs we can all like hot dogs <laughs> but a hot dog is not good by objective metrics a hot dog is an assemblage of garbage meats that nonetheless has enough sodium and whatever the fuck to taste fine and if you like a hot dog that's great you can like all the hot dogs i like hot dogs but i'm not gonna sit here and say like I don't know, man. I just think hot dogs are better than ribeye steak. It's not. It's or not or say you like, like you don't more. you actually don't like broccoli or lettuce or or ribeye steak. Ribeye, think, why would you want a ribeye steak when you could be having the, the, the bad thing? Yeah, exactly. I also don't think I ever would say this hot dog is a masterpiece. <laughs> right. About any hot dog. <laughs> But it's a Ever. it's a it's a hot dog for old fans and new or whatever. The fuck. <laughs> yeah. New fans and old ones alike. That was and the last dogs. one. I think this yeah. one is only for new fans. And I only, think uh, what's happening. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go. I, I you know, oh, I just sorry. have some snide shit to say about this. <laughs> I think what's happening is there's this loop when you start a new MMORPG where you get a bunch of quests and you start gaining powers and you start doing all these quests. You're like, wow, what's going on? What are these subsystems? What's happening? What's the world map? Whoa, what are, what's going on? You're reading text boxes. You're buying new stuff. You're getting money. You're selling stuff. You're clicking on wolves to, to skin their pelts and stuff in about like 30 hours in you're like what the fuck have i been doing this whole time none of this has ever been fun i'm just doing it because like my task completion circuit in my brain is being activated by clicking on all these quests and, and marking them off but i'm not enjoying myself and i think that's what's happening to people i think they're like doing the loops of gameplay and they're convincing themselves like oh yeah i'm doing this so it must be like fun but it's like no you're just your brain's being hijacked by addictive gameplay loops like mobile games and you know gems and, and quest completion and all all the things that like make games bad and sub in for actual game mechanics you know that's my theory i think they've got pr blindfolds on i i think yeah. that they've been fully yeah. brainwashed by the run-up to the game <laughs> anyway i just want to play like final fantasy 13 again and <laughs> maybe i'll be like this game is actually good or something I don't know. it's time uh, but it's almost time, time for the end of the show yeah <laughs> but you know there's always time for kevin's last words <laughs> kevin <laughs> do you remember when we mentioned that that one time i was the last episode i can't yeah remember. yes and i thought of nothing since then um, good that's that's uh that's what the that's the podcast is me fucking fucking you over and you know and then you stumbling and then people are on the on the other discord are like oh kevin's so charming and good you know so i'm really giving you more of an opportunity to be liked and i know how important that is to you that the discord sees you in a positive light do you like being the foil like do you do you, do you secretly want to be the bad guy no i want to be liked but 
If I but can't they, have that, I'll relish in being a shithead because it doesn't matter what the fuck I do. Uh, you know, when I'm on Harmontown, no, and I was on Harmontown, people would never post about me in the Reddits. And then I was like, well, what if I do my own podcast? And then I did my own podcast. Everyone's posting about Jeff in the Reddits. And then I, and then Jeff leaves. And now everyone's posting about fucking Kevin. And it's like, God damn it. What the fuck? I just like, I, it's fine. That's the thing. It's like, I don't have to be in front of the camera, but people lie to me and tell me that it would be good for me to be in front of the camera because they want to see me fail they want to see me fail <laughs> and that's kevin's last words <laughs> glad i could no. be here for your heel turn <laughs> yeah i mean but that's the thing is i'm embracing it because it's at least an energy that i can understand kevin do you actually have last words though spencer we all love you i'm speaking for, for ryan and jeff here but and everybody at home we all love you and i'm sorry well, don't, don't speak for ryan and jeff I, I am i'm speaking for i'm, giving, yeah, I'm yeah. giving permission okay we it, it comes across poorly but everybody loves you spencer it and sure you does it comes across so <laughs> poorly improve the way you have this come across audience jesus fucking christ that's our show everybody for having us on, spencer. oh wait we gotta we kevin don't end the show don't end the show okay. we gotta we gotta plug okay so one more time for plugs guys uh check out no cat and you say that now uh but but yeah do it do it however you want yeah check, check out, out no podcast. one no one can know about this in any podcast player mm -hmm. it's a podcast with two legitimately charming talented hard-working people and that's something you cannot say about this podcast and uh, yeah and sometimes we'll be joined by whatever however you conceive of yourself to ruin our show a little bit <laughs> am i oh we don't even have time to get it to how i could see myself on your show <laughs> But just uh, get the fuck out of here, you guys. Stop. Just stop. Just leave me alone. Let me die. Let, just let me die. <laughs>